for your final week of August 2009. It's episode 51 of Flip Switch, the bipolar and depression connection brought to you by DepressedTeens.com. This is the show that deals with issues teens and young adults face while living with a mood disorder such as bipolar disorder or depression. On our last show, we went over the basic information on what this whole anti-psychiatry mess is all about. On this show, we'll cover a few of the common responses to many of the charges leveled by the anti-psychiatry movement in the last show. It's easy for those people not familiar with these claims to get bowled over by the sometimes emotionally charged and aggressive nature of such arguments, which can lead to some pretty bad decision-making about one's health. Sometimes it's hard to know what to believe and what not to believe. We'll try to cut through the fog in this episode. We'll hear from Shira with a tech tip, and we'll introduce our new guest co-host, Jen. Get ready to literally kick the knowledge, flip the switch, and we're here. Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode in our series on anti-psychology. This edition of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by DepressedTeens.com. DepressedTeens.com, we're having a new site design coming out in maybe December, November. Just stick around, it'll be there. All the same features, new features, it'll be really groovy. And other 70s terms. Today, who's with me? It is... It's Gopi. Hey you guys, what's going on? And also... And it's Jen. Jen, who are you? Why are you here? I'm here because I just want to help out with the the podcast. The podcast. Excellent. We always like new people. Bad news though is Jen is only going to be here about a month, and then she's going to fly away. Bye bye, Jen. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe she'll come back. Yeah, come back. we're trying to get Emily, who's also leaving in a month, to come back when she comes back. And she, you should have seen last week. She gave us this look like, yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> Sure. You just keep waiting. So first I should go over the ways you can get in touch with us. We have the email that the kids are using these days, which is flipswitch at bpkids.org. bpkids.org, that is our parent company, the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. And get a hold of us there. You can uh, hit us up on our blog, which is depressedteens.podbean.com. And our co-hosts will update their blogs there. Just going to leave a comment. And if you have Skype, we're actually on Skype. And you can phone us and leave a message and... We'll go, ooh. So, yeah, it's high tech. Let's talk about what we're doing this week. Last week, what we did was our intro show on anti-psychology. And we went over all the major arguments, not all of them. There's like a gazillion arguments in anti-psychology. But we went over five of the major arguments in anti-psychology, or anti-psychiatry is actually what it's more commonly referred to, basically because the anti-psychiatry kind of affirms that we're really talking about treatment, Nobody really cares about psychology if they're just researching mental processes or whatever. We're really talking about as it's practiced as a medical type thing, the treatment regimen. In fact, you know what let's do before we do anything? Let's do a very quick condensed version revisiting of those major arguments. In the last show, we went over five of the biggest arguments all of the anti-psychology movement. It's important to note that almost exclusively, the anti-psychology movement is only concerned with the treatment side of psychology, not the research side about mental processes and theories of human development, though some criticism of that may also arise. For that reason, the term anti-psychiatry is used as the standard term to denote the criticism of treatment. To review, here is a condensed version of each of the arguments we went over last week. Argument number one. All psychology is a scam. Psychologists aren't scientists of any kind. Instead, they're state-sanctioned priests of the new scientific age. 
Their treatments don't work, they have no real knowledge, and in fact, they're probably harming you by separating you from your hard-earned money. Argument number two, there is no such thing as a mental illness. No, instead, what we describe as a mental illness is not the same as what we mean when we say you get the flu. Nobody can find anything that's gone wrong in the brain. That if cured would make you act right. Instead, what we're really talking about is behavior of people that society, and more specifically, establishment doesn't like. It's all a scam to control people. Argument number three, psychological pharmaceutical drugs are inherently bad. They don't really work and in fact are stressing out your brain to have a meltdown later in life, if not much sooner. Changing someone's ability to think the way they want to is tantamount to slavery and focuses on some mythical body illness when in fact, once again, what we're talking about is behavior. Instead, pharmaceutical companies stand to make a lot of money off of harmful treatments for imaginary illnesses. Argument number four. Psychotherapy doesn't work. The idea that talking to someone a couple of hours a week about your problems will somehow change your life is hard to believe at best. There are studies that show that therapy has a bad record in curative power or even the power to increase well-being. In the end, what you're doing is paying a lot of money to people that are learning a pseudoscience that will do the exact same thing a good friend of yours would do. Listen to you complain. Since they stand to make a lot of money off of your suffering each week, they have a profit incentive for you not to get well which is why they've never changed such a weak therapy as their bread and butter. Argument number five, you're not messed up, society is. At one time, psychologists had disorders that defined people that wanted to escape slavery as mentally ill. Psychologists used to accept pregnant women that shamed their families to institutions. Homosexuals, political dissidents, and much more have been labeled disorder by charlatan psychologists for years. In addition, psychologists have tended to focus on the individual as a source of all problems and solutions to the complete disregard of the fact that society is often the thing that needs correction, not the individual. Put another way, it is a society that would agree that shoving a spike into someone's frontal lobe, a lobotomy, is a good idea. That is messed up. And further, it's proof that psychologists are anything but moral scientists, but little more than modern witch doctors working on behalf of the whims of mindless bureaucracies. So this is the first time either of you, I think, have really come into any contact with these arguments, which is interesting because Gopi just graduated college and she never really heard a lot of this. Nope. And and Jen, you are you you're majoring in psychology, right? I am with a pre med track. And so, have you heard any of these arguments before? I've heard them from my dad. <laughs> really? Well, who is not a fan of me being a psych major, but <laughs> your dad must be proud. We'll send him a link to the podcast. <laughs> okay, so I think that's kind of why we want to do this show is that a lot of people aren't familiar with this. And if you have a mood disorder, it's very easy to get bowled over by these arguments because the mainstream psychological community has tended to deal with the anti-psychology movement by just saying, you guys are stupid, you don't exist. And therefore, they never really directly address their arguments, though some people do. They just don't get published a lot. If you look on the internet, just go type in anti-psychology and see how many negative against the anti-psychology movements that actually make an argument come up. Not many at all. What you'll see is like just applause and applause of people like Thomas Zaz and David Cooper and Artie Lang. Less of Lang these days, but certainly of Thomas Zaz. And so if you are a freshman, say, going in and you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, it is easy to kind of get hooked into this. And next thing you know, you are not taking your medication and going, it doesn't really affect me. Where do you end up? Right back in the hospital. 
I want to stress that we actually want people to think about this for themselves. We do have a bias against the anti-psychology movement, and we'll state that openly. But at the same time, I think it's on a continuum. Some of their stuff makes sense. I mean, some of their positions are pretty solid, but some of their stuff is kind of kind of out there. You know what we should do? Let's let's give it a skit of that exact example. That sounds fun. Hey, Jen. Hey, Chris. Nice seeing you again. Nice seeing you. How was your summer? Pretty good. Second year of college. Awesome, huh? Yeah, a lot of parties. Go Spartans! So uh, I heard you missed. I heard you missed uh, your finals last year. What happened? Oh well. Um... I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I had a manic episode. I was hospitalized for two What? Weeks. You were... Yeah, yeah. Look, I got okay. a book for you to read. It's called The Myth of Mental Illness. It'll set you straight. That's a bunch of, that's a bunch of nonsense. No, I mean, I really suffered. I'm... You, well, I'm sure you suffered, but it's... I mean, let, let's go over What actually happened to you? Well, I just... I couldn't concentrate. I stayed up all night. I just... I went on these shopping sprees for no reason. I have no idea. So just, I had no control. Oh, so you don't have any control of your own behavior. Is that what you're telling me? Well, that's not my problem. That's, that's what not my psych- fault. That's what psychologists would like you to believe. In fact, it's just a moral choice. I mean, people, would you say an alcoholic is somehow morally, he's not morally responsible for drinking the alcohol? Once he gets drunk, he's messed up. But, I mean, come on. There's, I mean, let's look at the facts. This is not like an illness where your brain is somehow messed up. I mean, they can't look inside your head and find out, hey, there's bipolar disorder. They say, that's a behavior that uh, we don't like, and therefore pay us all this money, and we can tell you how to cure it. Well, yeah, but it's it's something more physical. I mean, it, you, you don't understand because you haven't experienced it. Well, I'm sure, I know, I mean, I'm sure it was important to you. I mean, I'm just saying, why would you trust these people who don't have any kind of major science backing what they're saying? Well, well uh, except for science that's, that's promoted by the drug companies. Well, I mean, this is a science that's been around for a long time. It's been around for a hundred years. You know, medicine's been around for thousands of years. Before Freud, what did people do? Why, why, why did people before Freud not all kill themselves? There was no psychotherapy back then. Well, I but mean, now what they, what they do, they're going to give you a bunch of drugs that drug companies don't even know work. And many times they don't work. And many times they will make you even worse off and slowly degrade your brain. And they will uh, say... And come sit and pay us a few hundred bucks a week for uh, talking to us for an hour. And that will cure you. Why not, go, why not just go to your Catholic priest and talk to him about it? It's called confession. It used to work fine. Times are changing, you know. We're learning more. Psychologists are learning more about bipolar disorder. And Are you kidding me? They're learning more? It wasn't until 19, like, late 1980s they finally took homosexuality out of the DSM. And it's it used to be improving. a mental disorder based, based on who you had sex with. Are you kidding me? Why would you trust those guys? They're charlatans, every one of them. It's a scam. Well, they all have degrees and, you know... Hey, hey, I will show you a book. Peter Bregan, Thomas Zaz, Artie Lang, all psychiatrists. All had degrees as well. Look, it's all about controlling human freedom. They don't want you to be free. They want you to not take responsibility because if you do, they get money. You don't. Well, I'm, I'm under medication right now, and it's helping me. It's- you think it's helping you. You're going to put on weight. You ever heard of tardive dyskinesia? You know what that is? It's when your hands don't move very well, your limbs start messing up, and then you gain like 40 pounds. If you're not depressed now, you will be once you gain 40 pounds and you can't move well. And scene.
I see how like you feel attacked throughout. You are feeling attacked. <laughs> and, and part of you is slowly being chipped away at. And that's kind of our point is that if you walk in and never heard some of this, you can easily just get bowled over. Yeah. Now, I think what Jen was starting to do is what most people would end up trying to do, which is Jen started shutting down, going, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I, I could tell in about five minutes she was going to go, uh-huh. <laughs> well, look at my cell phone. It's, I got a med- I got a call. I got to go. Not have been that. But there are some people who would go, let me think about that. And then they would go read one of the, one of the tomes of uh, the anti-psychology movement, which are very well written. I mean, and, and some of it's really good stuff and uh, make a lot of great points. And they will throw out the baby with the bathwater and they'll say, doctors who have been to school for years, they don't know better than me who's read this one book on the subject. I must know better. And next thing you know, you're messed up. Here's my thing. Like, even though, I mean, there's so many people that, you know, go to doctors, go to psychiatrists and psychologists, and the people that support this movement, are they saying that all those people that listen to their doctors are stupid? Yes. It's the same arguments people use against self-help literature and books. They'll say, look, you read these books and you may feel a little bit better. They may have some good stuff, but by and large, people buy the exact same amount of books the next year. They're not really curing anything. They're actually maybe standing in the way of you truly getting better. So, yeah, they would they, they would say it'd be a mass delusion. They would almost say it's a placebo thing. You feel better because you believe it's going to be better. Great first day at the, at the flip switch, <laughs> huh, Jen? We're going to get into some of the responses to the anti-psychology movement that can be made. Before we would do that, let's hear from Shira and her comments for the week. This is Shira with your Tech Corner Tech Tip of the Week. If you'd like to learn more about protecting your emotional health and what to do if you or a friend are struggling with mental health issues, visit eLifeline on the web. To check it out, open your browser and type in http colon slash slash ulifeline.org. That's U as in university, lifeline.org. ULifeline is an anonymous, confidential online resource center where college students can be comfortable searching for the information they need and want regarding mental health and suicide prevention. On the site, you can get connected to campus resources, take a quiz to assess your mental health, and learn more about different mental health issues affecting students. You can also share your opinion through polls and learn other people's stories. This has been Shira with your Tech Tip of the Week. See you next week. So now let's go over some of the responses you might hear to some of these claims. We're going to get mail. I just know it. You mischaracterized it. Your responses are not correct. Whatever. We're going over this, and I, I'm. these are actual responses I've seen, heard, and read, and they can be made. So the, the first argument is all psychology is a scam. But I think Gopi brought up probably the best argument, which is, well, all these people are lying. They're getting help. Oh, yeah. I was like, so are these people that support this movement saying that all these people that believe that psychology and doctors and stuff, are they all stupid? Right. And I said that they would say it's a placebo effect. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to be borne out by survey results by science. And the critique comes back, well, the science is therefore wrong. No, no, there's not. People claim help and they would say, well, they, they claim help, but then they keep going back. Well, OK, that's true of a doctor as well, a medical doctor true of a self-help book it's true of virtually everything uh, if you hire a guy to wash your windows and your windows get dirty again does that mean he didn't wash them the first time yeah he washed them health is an ongoing thing as well how they define science is a a way that is ultra measured and sometimes 
the way we define human psychology and the mind is not that way. It, there are some things that are hard to define in measurement terms. So that's one. Do you remember the second argument, Gopi? There's no such thing as a mental illness. Right, and this is the big one that comes from a guy named Thomas Zaz, and his, he had a book called The Myth of Mental Illness. And actually, I saw a paper he wrote that said, it wasn't all that long ago, that said mental illness is still a myth. It's basically based on that same first thing, that the science isn't wrong. He says, what we mean by mental illness has this long history that goes back, which actually means, it used to mean something uh, that was used to control things like lepers and whatnot. And we've updated that to kind of just encompass behaviors we don't like. And we say it's like medicine, but in fact, we can't find anything in the brain, anything, any blood test that will confirm you have depression, that you have an eating disorder. These are just behaviors we don't like. And the problem with that is he's, once again, defining science, especially with, he, in a very popular method because Karl Popper was one of his big heroes. Again, that's not exactly how other people use it. As well, there do seem to be medical diseases that do not go along with that kind of interpretation that have been defined by doctors. Kawasaki's one. Uh, there's a number of them, though. And as well, it's just been beaten back for the years. Over years, we can look through different cultures to find comparisons to the exact same things we're talking about. People in past generations did, in fact, view many of these things as illnesses. Some of them they did not, but some of them they did. Uh, so that's uh, one of the big wings. Okay, what was three? Jen, tell us what three was again. Three, three was psychological pharmaceutical drugs are inherently bad. Really? I think you did in the skit, you did a pretty good one. You said, well, I'm being helped. Yeah. I mean, isn't who, who can better say that? But now what, what would you say when somebody, because we do know that there is typically, with especially antipsychotics, right. there's often a weight gain. There used to be tardive dyskinesia, and there still is in some instances, but it's a lot less than it used to be. So if you gain weight, will that not just make you upset? Because now I'm an overweight person. Probably would make me really upset. <laughs> right. Is that worth not being, quote, psychotic in the bipolar sense? Because you claimed you, you were hospitalized in the, uh, right. in the skit. Well, I guess it kind of depends on how serious the illness is. I mean, right. weighing the sacrifice, pros and cons. What we're getting at here is that, yeah, sometimes the drugs are problematic, but that's true of medical drugs, right? I mean, as I recall, pharmaceuticals used for any kind of illness at all, be it psychological or otherwise, have to be tweaked, cause major side effects, cause problems. I knew somebody who had who was on blood thinners and got bumped on the head, and next thing you know, they had a stroke. That's a bad side effect. <laughs> the argument would be, how is that any different? Their claim is that psychological pharmaceuticals just don't work and can make things worse. I guess that's true in some ways, except for there's a huge body of science and research that says, look, we tested this. It, in fact, does work. Now, what they say is, well, that research was made by pharmaceutical companies who have a profit motive, and therefore they are lying, basically. Their science was junk science. They'll say it's like this. It's the exact same as a cigarette company saying that smoking doesn't cause cancer. Yeah, sure, I'm sure you have one or two studies that said that, but if you put all these other negative studies in that you kind of suppressed, it would show that, in fact, the it's that these pharmaceuticals don't work. To me, whenever you start having to have a conspiracy, this, the drug companies hit all this stuff. The more the conspiracy goes, the more conspiracy you have to add to it, the worse off your argument is. So even though they say that 
these drugs don't work and, you know, they claim like it's a placebo effect. I right. mean, isn't that good enough? Because these people are believing that they're better and so actually... That's fine, but it's not science then. I mean, it's science that placebo effect. Why not Why not just give people placebo pills? And the point is that, mm-hmm. and this is a good argument, I think, is that sometimes it does have to be weighed, are the side effects worth the risk? Because they're what, they do have a black box now on antidepressants because people were committing suicide at, at certain points. Um, the research on that seems to suggest it was because of it was because they actually were working in a certain way. There's also the idea is are your are your symptoms can the treatment for them be worth the side effects? Is it worth to have tardive dyskinesia and gain forty pounds not to go manic? To some people it may be. I mean like right. it's it depends. a choice. Yeah. The other claim would be, well, it's changing who you are, holding you it's the same as tying you down in some way. Mm-hmm. It's slavery. It's saying you don't get to think how you naturally think. But worse, somebody, some people say it's like you are introducing something into a natural system that is not designed for that. That is going to strip out that system sooner or later and have horrible effects. People like Peter Bregan, that's a big name that does that. His views have been beaten back a little bit as well. Okay, let's go move on to four. Psychotherapy doesn't work. I think that goes back to what we said originally. People say it works, so therefore who are you to tell them it doesn't work? You're saying it's just placebo as well. Saying that people have to keep going to the psychologist to get better. Okay, that's sort of true, but that's true of regular doctors. I mean, you have to go back to a doctor because you get sick again. You have to go get your windows washed again. You have to get all this stuff done. Also, psychotherapy is hard to measure. If you mean it gets better forever, then no, it doesn't work. If, neither does any other medical treatment. If you get cured for the flu, you're probably going to get the flu again. Does that mean it didn't work? No. And that's, that's kind of, I think that's pretty much the nature of that. We have a number of studies that show it does work, that were done pretty well. It is true, though, that the, the success rate isn't that great. It is also true that there are some problematic stuff in claiming the science part because there are things that are true about psychotherapy that suggest that the treatments they're prescribing aren't as empirical as possible, such as the main factor is motivation that causes cure. Yeah, the main factor is motivation of the client. Also, the relationship. How good is the relationship between therapist and the person getting treatment? You'd be suspicious if they said that, I'm going to give you these drugs, right? And you might get better, but it depends on how you and I get along. You'd be like, what? Get out of here. You know, I'm going to give you this injection, but only reason it'll only work if you really want it to. You'd be like, get out of here, go away. So there are some things that are to it. Society is messed up. That's our last one. Well, okay, I'll agree with that. Society's messed up. There's yeah. lots of problems. You guys disagree? Is society not messed up? Society's completely messed up. <laughs> so say at the gen. Has psychology and psychiatry done really bad things? Sometimes. 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 I think it depends on the psychotherapist. I mean, they could be scamming you. They could not. There's there's a lot of bad psychologists out there. Yeah, but that goes for anything. That is the common response. Name me one thing that wasn't used in the most horrific things of the state. I mean, carpenters, for instance, built buildings for the Nazis. Medical doctors, of course, did horrible experimentation. That doesn't disprove much of anything. Medical doctors also saved a lot of people. Carpenters have built a lot of nice houses and on and on. The point is you can say that about virtually anything. Just because there's been abuses doesn't really prove much. Some people would say it's pretty much been one giant abuse, and there's only been abuses. And, of course, 
I wouldn't agree with that, but a lot of people would. Those are the main responses against some of these claims. What do you think now hearing some of this? Jen, let's start with you. You were the one who had to get sucker punched there in the beginning. Definitely anti-psychologists. They're very convincing. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just reading some of these, I feel like maybe I want to switch out of my psych major. But (laughs) Right. And I think one of the issues that comes up is a lot of people thinking these all or nothing, either or ways of thinking. Well, yes, either they're right or the mainstream psychological community are right. And I don't think it's that easy. I think a lot of these anti-psychology people, they have good points that we need to consider. Right. They have a lot of really bad points that we should tell them to shut up about. Again, it's not an all or nothing thing. And I think people get bowled over, well, either they're right and I stop taking medication and stop believing any of this, or they're wrong and I just do everything and question nothing. I don't think it's, I think it's, of course, somewhere between that. I definitely agree. It's not black and white. Health is an ongoing process. People, it's like a learning process. So you're still learning. And psychologists have made mistakes in the past, but so has like everybody else. Engineers do. I mean, even doctors diagnose incorrectly, like not just psychologists. So my belief is for everybody to think for themselves, but also to kind of don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, make it all work together. You know what? Let's do. Let's redo the skit. But now that you guys have like some background, maybe it'll be it'll turn out different. Is that, let, let's let Gopi do the. Gopi's feisty. <laughs> I bet she's gonna yep. have something to say. <laughs> hey, Gopi! Welcome back. How was your summer? It was good. How about you, Chris? It was pretty good. I I did. I didn't see you at the final last year in our last class. Yeah, no. I was kind of in the hospital for two weeks. Oh, what? Did you break your leg? What happened? No, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I had a manic episode. What? Yeah. So you you believe that? Well, why not? I was diagnosed. I talked to a whole bunch of doctors. Well, I talked to a bunch of priests that said you were... Uh... Yeah, but I'm medicated now, and I feel so much better. Well, maybe you feel better because you expected to feel better. Well, are you telling me that everybody feels the placebo effect? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, yeah, people, there's a mass delusion. I mean, we, we do know that research shows that a lot of the pharmaceuticals are no better than placebo pills. But here's my thing. Is it 100% of the population that feels the placebo effect? Well, no, I'm sure there are extreme examples, but not enough to... I mean, you know, you could gain 40 pounds, could uh, have tardive dyskinesia, which means your legs won't work. You think you're going to feel good after you've gained 40 pounds and your legs don't work and your arms well, don't work? Well, at least they well, won't work, but barely. Well, you know what, Chris? There's side effects to everything. And you know what? I mean, I feel a lot better. Yeah. You know, I don't go on my spending sprees. Don't stay up late. I mean, granted, I may gain the 40 pounds, but I feel like I can deal with that. Okay. If you if you want to turn your life over to those guys, those you know, psychologists, I mean, what do they do? They give you medicines, which... The pharmaceutical companies are just pushing on you because they just want to make a lot of money. But I choose to take them, so it's like self-betterment because I feel better. Why don't you just choose to use a lot of cocaine then? I mean, it might make you feel better. No, no, no. This is a medication, Chris. So is cocaine. Cocaine is a narcotic. It's illegal. So? My medication is legal. Go to a country where it's not illegal. But I live here. What about you can go to California and use medical marijuana? No. Why not? Because isn't medical marijuana used to ease the pain? Uh, yeah. It also brings down the... Look, these people will tell you they've defined this thing. They can't find it in the brain. It's just a behavior they don't like. 
you want to stop spending a lot of money, don't spend a lot of money. It wasn't just spending a lot of money. I was talking super fast. I couldn't sleep. I was staying awake. Yeah, I did that last weekend, too. I went to a party. It was great. No, this wasn't just a party thing. Like, this was every day for, like, a while. I've had a few days like that where I don't go to sleep for a few days. We stay up. We drink. We party. Woo! It's a good time. But see, that was your choice, right? Are you saying you don't have any control no, of your own I'm, body? I'm saying at that point I didn't. It, it felt like I lost control. You know, I was on top of the world. Woo! Yeah, you know, party. No, now I feel like Look, I'm taking I, control of my life. I'm medicated. I feel a lot better. You know I know how many people I've I had wake to deal up, with. I'm happy. Do you know how many people I've had to deal with who tell me, I'm sorry, I this happened. I wasn't able to do this. I have bipolar disorder. Oh, well. Like, somehow that relieves them of responsibility. I'm not saying I wasn't responsible. It's humbug. It's tomfoolery. <laughs> it's a scam. Nope. You know, they used to, like, say homosexuality was a mental disorder. Maybe you're a mental disorder because you like to dance. You have a dancing disorder. <laughs> but this is totally different. Wow. Now only you're, like, in, jumping the gun. Only and now you're, like, bringing in all this mumbo-jumbo, Chris. I'm going away. My phone's ringing. Good. Peace out. <laughs> and scene. You know, I'm pretty sure Gopi would have done that in the beginning as well. Oh, yeah. Gopi's not one to be trifled with, apparently. <laughs> so, as we end this show, be critical of the critics. Also, be open-minded of things. Yeah. I would also say, don't think because you read one book or a couple of books that somehow all the people who have all these degrees and have gone and seen all this stuff... It's all just in their heads. They've read more books. It's not that they're right, necessarily, but I think you do need to have a little humility that maybe you haven't thought it all through either. Maybe the, the few people who have making certain claims, while they are very smart and have some good points, they're not necessarily... The vast majority of people who are out there who have all their degrees and have gone to school as well, I think it's a little... It's a little egocentric to say, well, I figured this all out and they didn't. No, these are smart people as well. And I assure you, it's not all just because they have conflicts of interest and they're scammed. They've thought it long and hard. And they can have, they can tell you about the epistemology and all of it. Not to say they're always right, but at the same time, because you read two books, maybe you're not always right either. So get lots of differences of opinion. Um, yeah. Kobe, final thoughts. I definitely agree with what you and Jen said. Like, take it into consideration, but be open-minded. And it's just like, even though people read like two, three books, don't form an opinion off of those two, three books. It's important to know that right as we end as well, anti-psychology people, some of them don't consider themselves anti-psychology. Like Thomas Zaz, for instance, he doesn't really like the term because he puts that term with leftists who are socialists like R.D. Lang and uh, David Cooper. David Cooper coined the term anti-psychology back in the 60s. And he says those are just a bunch of socialists who are nonsensical. And so he, he wants to kind of reform psychiatry and psychology because he thinks there are inherently good things, but not the way it's practiced now. Basically, he would say counseling is great. Just don't pretend it's a science. If you want to pay for a friend, be honest about it. The other thing I would say, a lot of the people who make arguments that are similar to this, they aren't anti-psychology. They're just trying to point something out. A lot of the times you'll hear people talk about mental health in the judicial system. How can we reform the insanity defense, competency hearings, stuff like that. They're not saying all psychology is a scam. They're just saying, look, we need to think about this. 
So just because you hold some of these views doesn't make you anti-psychology necessarily. It just means you don't agree with certain practices. You cannot agree with certain practices and still be uh, basically believing the mainstream of psychology. All right, guys, I think that's going to be it for this week. That's it for this week. We'd like to thank Jen for stopping by to help out with hosting duties. And, of course, thanks to Shira for filling us in from the tech corner. On our next show, we'll discuss how to get active in campus advocacy at your local college. We'll also talk to Allison Maman, founder of Active Minds, an organization with over 200 chapters at colleges across the nation dedicated to raising awareness about mental illness and fighting the stigma associated with it. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us by shooting us an email at flipswitch at bpkids.org or leave us a comment at depressedteens.podbean.com. Let us know what you think. Flip the switch. We're gone.